0: Hey, good morning. morning. If you're here in the room, you're here online, either way, we're really glad you're here. I'm Charlie, uh, the lead pastor here at The Grove. Really glad that all of you are here. And sometimes I always have to be mindful. I want to be mindful a lot of reasons. But I always want to be mindful that there are new people here, new people watching. Sometimes I just want to jump straight into inside jokes that we have. Because we're kind of like a little family here, but I always got to make sure everybody's all caught up. You need to know that if you're a Grove uh, Church member that it's, I'm just going to be a little insufferable from mid-November until the end of March because of Razorback basketball. I'm not like a huge fan, and if they're doing really well, then I become incredibly insufferable. My wife last night, she's getting ready. To, you know, she, she picks out the shirt that I wear because she's just way better. It's like, are we still doing Razorback shirts? Which she says, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was a little disappointed she asked. But anyways, yes, of course, of course, that's, 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 that's what we're doing. Anyways, it's just a great time. It's a great time when we're doing great. We're doing great. I'm, I'm, I'm just having a great time. And of course, I was at the game yesterday, acting crazy. All right, let me, let me just wait. You know, you know how everybody has, um, everybody's got this like with relationships, right? These kind of like relationship circles, like how much do I trust you? Like, one think about this, like if somebody asks, hey, how are you doing? What you give to the answer kind of depends on kind of how. In and, and out, they are in your circle, right? Now, when I'm telling stories here at the Grove, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll tell stories about things I'm doing. Like, I'll add 10% of flair to it every now and then just kind of make it a little more humorous. Not like, like I'm going to say it's not true. It's not a, just a little, a little, a little flair. But when I tell you that I, I get really angry or have really strong over-emotional reactions in Razorback basketball games, that's not. I'm not. There's no, there's no. I don't know that it's possible for me to exaggerate that. And so, as such, in my circle of trust, what I have is, how angry am I willing to let you see me? Right. So that that's kind of how it goes. Like, and so depending on, okay, well we can't. We can. We can watch. We can watch. You know, not Razorback basketball together all the way here to, to kind of to kind of the core. And and I, and, I made a huge mistake. And so then so then again, depending on how big the game is, depending on who I can I can go see it with. And I made a huge mistake, a huge mistake last year. It was in March. It was in the NCAA tournament. And we were a three seed playing a 14 seed. You may have no idea what that means. i will just explain to you very, very simply. We should have won this game very easily. And so I made a huge mistake. We just renovated, kind of remodeled our house and so we had kind of this new kind of you know TV viewing space, and so like I'm not only going to invite these people, but I'm going to invite some more people and even some of their spouses, right? Because it's going to be a really it's going to be a really harmless game. It's going to be no big deal at all. It'll be fine. They're not going to see the worst of me. It's going to be everything's going to be great. Except like 10 minutes into the game, we're behind 14 points to so this team that we should never have been trailing 1-1. And let me tell you exactly what happened. I left. It's like, bro, they're at your house. Yeah, there's 25 people at my house. We're down 14. I left. So the living room's here, the kitchen's here, the laundry room's here. I go all the, way to the kitchen to the laundry room, all the way into this back bedroom here. It's way on the other side. I was slamming all the doors in between. I sit in this room by myself, just mad. Because I just like I didn't I didn't I mean I, I was like, I didn't have any good options at this point. I mean, I could have said what I was feeling, and that would have that would have been uncomfortable, or I could just leave, and that's also uncomfortable. So I'm sitting there. By myself, and apparently, what's happening out here is that it just kind of happened in like little murmurs. People are like, "Where's Charlie?" And then the other people who are right here, right in the circle, like, "He's he's gone." <laughs> but it's okay. He'll be back. He'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's okay. So, and we ended up winning the game. It was okay. And then I've just I've just just tried to be real careful since then about situations I find myself in. But it's more than that, right? Like, like in my small group, and specifically the guys in my small group, right? I mean, there's just this group of people that you have that you'll just let see the worst of you. And then when they ask you how you're doing, what's going on with you? Is there anything I can pray for you for? Um, the answers are just different. They're, they're, they're deeper. They're more meaningful. They're, it's really about... What's going on in the in the deepest parts of my heart. And we've been talking about relationships in this series and um, over these last few weeks of it. Really me talking about, I think, kind of these these areas where I feel like real relationships, like real deep quality relationships, when and how they're formed and how they're kind of forged and strengthened. And I think they really that's really the case, this, this happens when and kind of the most, when really bad things happen, those relationships are a lot more than just simply, hey, we kind of kind of have the same energy, we, we like the same things, <coughs> we do the same things, we have similar hobbies, our kids get along. Real deep relationships happen, kind of like our, our birth, a lot of times, a lot of adversity. And Mark talked last week, like how, how do we, how does a real relationship more than just kind of a surface level buddy friendship, how does a real relationship survive when there's conflict? And he spent a lot of great time just kind of helping us, educating us, talking to us about about forgiveness. What do we do kind of when there's conflict between us? And we're going to spend the next couple of weeks just kind of looking at some other kind of challenging circumstances that can surround relationships and how it is that God can reforge them so that we can really have these kind of quality in the center relationships where no matter who I am, no matter what I'm going through, there are people who can see me and I see them. So we want to talk about a different issue today, which is in Galatians chapter 6, and we are going to start in verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted." Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Now, if you didn't completely follow along with that, it's okay. It's kind of a little bit disjointed, kind of the way that Paul is kind of describing this issue. So we're kind of going to take these... Puzzle pieces of these different ideas that he's had, and kind of hopefully put them together into a coherent idea. But I want us to make sure we understand at least kind of the thesis verse here, kind of the big idea, the thing that he's trying to communicate. It's in verse one here. If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. And so, what we're talking about here, kind of the big idea we're talking about, is like last time it's like last week it was Mark. Like, what happens when somebody does something to me? How do I? How do we repair? How do we restore this relationship? This is a little bit different. It's not just about when someone does something to me. What we're talking about today is when someone is in sin. The the bad thing that they're doing, it may not be directed at me. I don't need, I don't need to forgive them. They don't need to forgive me. The conflict isn't between us. But there's somebody in my life that, because of what they're doing, has kind of broken themselves off from kind of this the life that God has called us to, they're they're in some sort of real sin. And, you know, and we see this all the time. We do. You know, you're you're with people. The more you get to know them, you'll see. All of a sudden, we've got somebody in my life. You see somebody in my life, and they're they're cheating on their spouse. Or you see that the way that they are talking to their spouse, like, man, that's, that's not how you talk. Or the way that they're treating their kids. Or you see someone who's really emotionally unhealthy and is, and is falling into some sort of an addiction. You know, there's lots of different things that we see. And so you see someone in your life, and they are making some sort of decision that is that is damaging them, that is damaging their relationship, that is hurting their relationship with God. Or again, just kind of the very simple biblical way of saying it, when when there's someone in your life that you have caught or has been caught in some sort of sin... What is it that we're supposed to do? Now, typically, you start just even just bring up this topic. We've got we've got we got we got two groups of people who immediately kind of we kind of separate into two groups. The first one is like, man, I don't, man, but I Talk about this today. There's lots of other things we can talk about today. I kind of got a live and let live kind of vibe, man. It's kind of, kind of a chill, chill vibe. And now that's why I come to this church, man. I come to this church because it seems like we kind of got like a like a, like a chill vibe. Like we're not trying to we're not trying to get up in each other's face and, and get after people or anything. I kind of grew up in judgy town church, and and I don't I don't I don't want I don't want that. And we're just kind of cool. I and mean, then like I see other people, I don't want to judge them. I just want to I just I just want to let people I just I just want to let people live and let live. And so, whatever it is you're about to say, bro, is going to make me probably uncomfortable, and it probably will. But there may not be as many of this group, but there's a second group out there as well who's like, oh, yeah, catch somebody in Zen. This is what I've been waiting for. Well, I got some things to say to you. And you're just like, I hope he says, I hope he says, I hope he says it, because you're just kind of looking at the person next to you and you're like, I got some things to say to you. He's going to give me permission today. I'm going to get the same to you. It's gonna be a good day, right? And you're just you're just ready. You're high. you're like a hype beast, you're like all this kinetic it is this potential energy here it's when somebody snap, snap the rubber band and you're about to explode. Somewhere in between these two energies is is the thing that I think that that, that that God is wanting from us. When I see someone, someone in my life, someone that I'm friends with, someone I have a relationship with, and I see them doing something that is destructive destructive to themselves, destructive to others, or both. What is my responsibility? What is it God wants me to do? Somewhere between, it's not my responsibility at all, and and, and let's get ready to, to, to rumble, right? Some, somewhere in between. And what, again, let's go back to the verse. Verse 1, what does he say? If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. So when someone is in sin... The goal, the goal is restoration. The goal is restoration. The key verb there that he uses is restore. So I see someone who, again, their their life is breaking down. And it's not because of circumstances that have happened to them. They they are the circumstances. They are the ones that did the thing. They, They are hurting themselves they, they have isolated themselves from God they have isolated themselves from other people they have this inward addiction that is crushing them says the goal here the goal what I want to do when I see them my goal my heart is to restore them now very often this topic gets brought up and when we talk about hey what to do when you see that someone, In relationship with, again, like we said, that a brother or a sister has been caught in sin. What we're supposed to do is we are supposed to, as God through, we're supposed to confront sin. We're supposed to confront sin. That's what we do. That's what Christians are supposed to do. And I'm telling you, there is a difference. There's a difference in these verbs. And there's a difference, actually, in the objects of the verbs. What God is calling us to do here is to not confront sin, but to restore sinners. God is calling me to a ministry, to an act, to a service of restoration, not confrontation. And I'm telling you, if in this moment you think, man, I don't really see the difference. I mean, they're doing something bad and you go to them and talk to them, you're confronting them. And if you cannot see the difference immediately in your brain and the difference between confronting someone and working to restore them, I'm telling you, you probably need a second. You need to, you need to take a minute. You need to take, you need to take, a, take a lap. Take a, take a breath. Because the heart behind it, what it is you're really trying to do and why you're trying to do it is very different. I see someone over here, and they are broken. And I'm not trying to confront that. I'm trying to... Bring that back in. And and the live and let live people, you need to understand, if you are sitting here in this connected relationship with God, experiencing community, hearing from Him, connected to Him, in good relationship with God, worshiping well, like everything's good, and you're living, and they're over here, you're not living and let live. You are living and watch die. And there is something, there's something that has to happen. There is is an action point here that God is calling us to when we see someone who is in sin, when we see someone who is broken, we see someone who is uh, dying by a thousand cuts of all self inflicted wounds. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to go to them and say, hey, I, I want, I want, I want better for you. And so, to sit and do nothing, you say, "Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to support them. No, that's not support. I'm just trying to quietly love them. No, it's not that. And some people like they just want. Well, uh, I just kind of, I kind of walk the other way. I just abandon them. No, it is our responsibility." It is our responsibility to step into these situations. And you think, like like immediately, you you should be thinking this immediately. This is a totally normal thing to say. Well, I can imagine a hundred different ways where that would just go horribly wrong. I'm going to step into someone's life and I'm going to say, hey, this thing that you're doing doesn't seem so cool. Like I can think of a hundred ways that that can go wrong. All, all the number of defense mechanisms, all the things that they could say. Now we're fighting. There's always a problem. Now they're mad at me. Now that I'm not friends with them anymore. All these, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is plenty. There, there are other passages, and other and and lots of help out there about kind of kind of the how and the process of this. And we could obviously we could spend plenty of time talking about that. But in this moment, in this moment, I want us to suspend. The, The bulk of our time, not dreading how it could go bad, because the more we think about how it could go wrong, the less likely it is that we're going to do it. But what I want you to imagine is someone has broken themselves away, and they are struggling, and they are hurting, and they are here on this island together, and what they need, and really what they want, is someone to step into them and say, hey, I, I, I want you back. So let's not spend all the time dreading all of the ways that it could go wrong, but let's just say, let's just, let's just start with this, that I have a responsibility. When my, when, when my friends, when the people that I'm in a relationship with, my family, I have a responsibility to kind of to step into these situations, but it's not just that It's not the only thing Obviously it's not the only thing That Paul says He continues on here It's like um, You should restore that person gently But then he says a couple things At the end of that verse But watch yourselves Or you also may be tempted And then verse 3 says this If anyone thinks they are something When they are not They deceive themselves Each one should test Their own actions And so if we're going to do this so if we, if we want a little bit of housing, what's the best way for me to go in this? Maybe to avoid some of the worst-case scenarios. I mean, Paul kind of addresses this here. This is the first thing, a couple things you need to do here. You need to, you need to watch yourself to make sure that you're not going to be tempted. And then if you need to make sure that you're thinking rightly about yourself. So when someone is in sin, the goal is restoration. But it really, it's really important that before you step into these situations that you that you check yourself. Now here's the thing. I apologize because I am not trying to be cool. I'm not trying to be cool, and check yourself is just such a good concept. Like, check yourself, like, hey, before you step in, you better kind of do a little self-check, a self-evaluation. So, so like, check yourself, and I looked it up, and it turns out that this the the origin of this is only from a hip-hop song. And, and I was like, yeah, hey, man, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Like, bro, that's not who I'm trying to be. But it's such a good expression that I use it anyway. Apologies for any, I I know I'm 50 and I know I'm not cool. Okay? So, but the concept itself is brilliant. Before you step into a confrontation, you need to do a self-check. Now, I mean, in its original context, you don't want to fight someone who's going to take you out. Right? You better check yourself before you step in the fight. That's not what we're talking about. He's talking about something different here. You need to do a self-check before you go into a situation. And again, there's two ways that he says this. One is, you need to make sure that before you talk to somebody about the sin that they're in, you need to make sure that they're not going to suck you into what they're doing. And this happens a lot. And I see it happen a lot when people are trying to help <coughs> somebody else with a marriage problem, so it can happen with guys and it can happen with ladies as well. Where it's like, the, this person's like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about leaving them. I don't want anything to do. I don't want anything to do with them anymore. He's like, man, I, uh, this is not good. I can see their family breaking apart. And kind, of, hey man, I, I want to talk to you because I don't think this is good for your family. Well, let me tell you why. Let me tell you what the problem with her is. She does this, 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 and this. And all of a sudden, he's like. Hey, she. Man, my wife does this, 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 and this. And now, all of a sudden, rather than restoring him, you're over here. Now we got one. they have got two idiots. And and it happens where you, I think I'm coming to help, but really, the the magnetic pull that the sinner has is stronger than my pull to bring them back. And there's a there's a tug of war game going. Hey, you shouldn't do that. It's like, well, actually, maybe you should. And you need to evaluate yourself, am I strong enough based on what this particular topic is? Am I strong enough to step into this situation and and really be a help? Or am I more likely going to get caught in the very same snare? But that's not the only way that we need to evaluate ourselves. He also says this, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. And so, if I'm standing over here and I see you, and, and and your life has broken down in some way because of your sin, if I come in, if I have an attitude that says, "Look at, look at this, look at this idiot, look at this guy, what a dumb, look what a, look what he's done, what a jerk, what a, I mean, how, how, what a what an awful person, I can't I can't believe he would do that," and I, I got, I got I got I got to talk to him. He's like, "You come in there with that sort of attitude, you're deceiving yourself, bro." Because you are not any better than this person, and you need to make sure that you are absolutely clear on. You've got your own things, your own issues that you are dealing with, and do not for one minute think that because you are staying a little bit better connected to God right now, that you have some great advantage, some superiority to this person. Because each one should test their own actions, and and then they can take pride in themselves alone, without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Kind of a complicated phrasing here, but it's the idea of like, hey, you've got your issues. You focus on how you're doing with your issues. Don't focus on how you're doing with their issues. This is what we do. My sins are okay because they're normal, And this guy, he's a real sinner. The things that they do are really really bad. The things that I do are understandably bad. And so you begin to think that I can somehow have some superiority. You've got your own things you're dealing with. And how well you're handling your load, the things that you have in your life, you you evaluate yourself based on you. And then once you've got a clear understanding of who you are and a rational, rational, Legitimate understanding Of your standing as a sinner Then you can humbly go to this person and say Yeah, hey, I, I know I've got my things too But I'm seeing the way that you're talking to your kids I see the way you just kind of, kind of these bursts of anger And I, I see it, man I see, I see, I see the damage I, I, It feels to me like you're hurting What's going on? I hear, I hear you moved out. What's up with that? Hey, I, I know we, we've always been the kind of guys we go, we go out, and we, when we go out, we have a, a beer together. But man, what, what's going on with you right now? With, man, it's not healthy. And I'm not coming at this from a place of somehow I think that I'm better than this person. But I'm coming to them. I'm recognizing, hey. I've got things but I'm looking at your things and 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 I'm concerned and I want to draw you back in and so before we can really have an attitude of like how I can help you know I, I, I need to do a self-evaluation okay I, too many serious examples I'll give you a dumb one so imagine if you will and I'm sure you probably some of you don't have to imagine let's just imagine that if someone here believed maybe I believe I believe that I believe, that irrational fandom for a sporting team is idolatry and sinful. Well, you seem to care more about your sports than you do God or whatever. You believe this, uh, that, that too, getting too much into it, that, that it's, it's irrational, too much anger, or you've confessed to anger, idolatry, and, and, that, and that's a sin that needs to be confronted. And so next Saturday when the Razorbacks play Kentucky, I'm going to go to that game, and I'm going to start confronting people for their idolatry. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Now, can we see both things that are wrong with that? I'm now in the arena while we're playing Kentucky, and I will absolutely get sucked into the thing that I've just all of a sudden determined to be sinful. And two, can you imagine the conversation with me? and be like, man, it seems like you, seems like you take sports a little too seriously, bro. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It would be ridiculous. And so I think that it's important for us to have a good amount of self-awareness now here's where the live and let live people are mishearing me. What you're hearing me you say, well, man, I know I'm a sinner and I and I sin. I do things all the time. I but I'm not. I'm I, I'm not qualified. Then I can't. I can't. I can't speak into somebody else's issues because I've got my own issues. And if you heard me say that, I'm telling you, you weren't listening. What? What I think Paul is saying and what I'm trying to say to you is that idea that you do not believe that because of your own sin you're really qualified to speak. That actually is what qualifies you. I'm a friend on this journey with you and I'm seeing this thing in your life that you may or may not see and I want to bring you back. And if the defense mechanism comes back at you, well you da-da-da-da-da, you are absolutely right. That is exactly what I do. And that's not good for me either. Do we want to work on this together? Can we help each other here in these issues? Because I don't want that for me and I don't want this for you. It's the point in which you think that they don't have a comment. What about this, this, this? is I don't do I've already evaluated myself. I recognize myself as a sinner. I recognize myself as someone who has the things that I'm carrying but I see what's going on with you and I want to know if I can help. I want to know if I can restore you and bring you back in. Not because of my own superiority, but because of my understanding that we are we're in this together. So when someone's in sin, the goal is restoration. We need to do a a self check before we step into these situations. And then I think ultimately here, we need to go back to the, to, the, to the primary verse. If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. We cannot forget. We cannot forget the word gentle. Don't forget the word gentle. Gentle is a very, very important word. And I think it's one of these things that it's a word, unlike some other Bible words. I think we think we know what it means, but we don't really know what it means. We've 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 come to equate gentleness that gentle means soft. But gentle doesn't really mean soft. It really has more the idea of taking 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 care, taking special care. And so you can think about any 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 number of illustrations with this. You can think about the fragile, the fragile dishes, or the the fragile art pieces, or things, and you're like, if you're if you're moving, it's like there's certain pieces that like you just have to hold on to. I gotta be, I gotta take extra care with this. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold them too tightly. If I hold them too tightly, they might break. If I hold them too loosely, I might drop them. Other people like to use the illustration of an, of an egg. If you hold an egg too tight, it'll crush in your hand. You hold it too loose, fall out, it's, gonna crack. it's too it's too breakable to be too loose with. And so I use. The appropriate amount of pressure, but to me the best illustration I think is is little babies. One mostly because I love little babies. Little babies are the best. They're so cute. They, their heads their heads Cute. It's every, everything about them is cute, and they're fun. Especially if they're waking you up in the middle of the night, and not me. They're so cute, right? I I, I just love them. And, and if you've been around here a while enough, you know you you know this about me. And so there's something that'll happen, like especially with like new parents. Brand new parents, it's their first kid, and they know I want to hold the baby, but they're a little nervous about it. So they want to hand me the baby, but it often kind of goes like, like this. Like they're so nervous and scared. I'm like, I mean, I've been home babies forever, but I get it. I get that you're nervous. And so I try to, I respect that. And like you just hold the baby in such a way. It's like they're absolutely safe, but not too hard. And then some of y'all, y'all have like at least three kids or more. And you know I want to hold the baby. You hold them upside down by one foot and you just kind of throw them at me, which is which is great. I don't, I just, I'm just trying to, anyways. But the baby's so precious, right? Not too loose, not too tight. The appropriate amount of care to make sure that they are supported and loved and get what they need. And in the same way, physically, a baby is very can be very fragile. A person who is who is in sin who is isolating themselves, their spirit, their heart, their life is also very fragile. And I'm not going to come at them too strong. How dare you? And I'm not going to come at them so weak that they don't even know what happened. But with the appropriate amount of care, I'm going to come to them and say, it would seem that you're hurting because I'm seeing these things in your life. How can I help you? Enough so that they know what the situation is, but you're taking great care with them. And Paul says something really cool here in verse 2. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. When we do this for one another, we are doing what Jesus did. Because Jesus saw you in your brokenness, in your isolation, in your sin, in your self-destructive patterns. And he stepped into that, not to confront, not to condemn, but to restore, to forgive, to draw you into God's community. And when we do the same with those that God has put around us. We are fulfilling and living out the very ministry of Jesus Christ. Let's pray.